welcome to another episode of Real Relatable. Um, I recorded a completely different episode about growth I will probably release later, but it kind of felt out of place um, to release that episode, considering what's happening right now. I don't mean coronavirus, I mean the ongoing battle of racial disparities in this country. And this is heavy. It will always be heavy and deep, 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 deeply rooted systems that need to be uprooted. Um, and change not only happens, but it's it's got to be forced to happen. And before I really dive in, let me just say this. If it has crossed your mind or if you've even considered fixing your lips to say, I'm tired of hearing about race, I'm tired of hearing about those issues on social media or in the news or racism doesn't exist. You know, people are overreacting and then all you can do is just close an app or turn off the TV and go about your merry day without even batting an eye. That is what we call part of your privilege. So one, I'm going to need you to delete me. And two, you're not helping. You're tired of what, like however many hours you spend on social media or TV, try living it every day where no matter if you just close an app or turn off the TV, it's still who you are. Not that you want to change it, but you can't. Try being told you're overreacting if you eloquently speak about your true lived experiences. We cannot turn off our blackness. It is physically and literally who we are. And if this is triggering for you, good. I encourage you to challenge yourself and listen with an open mind to simply try and understand. While it's not my job or our job to explain to anyone, but I choose to share, you know, as that's what's important to me to speak about. So if you want to challenge or to try and downplay any of this, go read a history book and not the colonized african-american history books that you get in school go read a black history book start there go look up some reputable sources that will give you further insight into how this systematically remains an issue and again it's not my job to engage anyone who just wants to argue for the sake of doing so if that's your approach you're going to have to take it elsewhere i'm up for healthy insightful conversations not interrogations And listen, I'm not an expert on the topic and I'm not pretending to be. I have several reputable sources of uh, my own research avenues, my own experiences, you know, experts who have podcasts or influencers. I have all these at my disposal, just like anyone else, to speak about race um, and, and understand how that continues to impact us. And might I mention, if you're listening to this and ready to ignore anything that I say because you think I'm race baiting or keeping racism alive by speaking about it or call it reverse racism, which is not a thing, move on to another podcast. If you choose to stay, listen to hear and understand, not to try and argue, I'm all about having insightful, respectful conversations about all topics. Um, Some people simply don't know how to do that. (laughs) and It feels like those people aim to make it harder for us to speak up because when we're being shut down without anyone actually hearing us, it feels disrespectful and just like another way to try and oppress us. And to be clear, 
no one is trying to play the victim or make excuses. Are there people that fabricate? Yes. And not even just fabricate, lie? Yeah. And we don't condone those that do. That's not acceptable behavior. This is real life stuff. haven't tuned into what's going on in the country outside of the pandemic I don't know what you've been doing but you've got to get out of your bubble there are protests um, stem from yet another black life the life of George Floyd senselessly lost at the hands of police who had no business with their knees on the neck of a man who was already detained for a non-violent offense the protests have turned to riots that have turned to looting. It's an outcry for justice. You know, at first I didn't understand looting and rioting, breaking to businesses and destroying things. And let me say, it's not just black people. There are white people involved too. You know, even those that incite the destruction amongst uh, peaceful protests that leave black people and other peaceful protesters at the face of it. Do I agree with the destruction? No, but now I understand it and let me tell you why. We've been fighting for equality all of our present lifetimes. Do you know how exhausting that is? Do you know how repetitive it is to constantly speak about the same issues, your lived experiences, etc., just to be shut down or see someone else senselessly lose their life that looks like your mother, father, sister, brother, son, family, your loved ones? You know what adds insult to injury? The excuses. Did you know that they have charges for petty theft against them? Did you know that they spent time in juvie when they were 15? What does that have to do with what happened and how they lost their life? When people try and detract from the problem at hand, that's what sets me off. Any history of things that they've done irrelevant to what happened and how they lost their life or how they experienced injustice, it doesn't have a single play into what transpired for them to be killed. Stop trying to change the narrative. Could you imagine being killed with obviously no fault of your own and people ridiculing and trying to justify it based upon your history, whether criminal or not? To redirect the conversation, not just focusing on the horrific event that happened to you. Here's a quote from Quinta Brunson that I feel like helps summarize exactly maybe how we're feeling. And I quote, being black is having a good day. And then seeing another black person was killed for no reason. Then you have to think or talk about that all day. Or don't and numb yourself. It's a constant emotional war. Meanwhile, you still need to work and worry about everything else. End quote. All of this hit me really hard this week. So very hard. You know, I spend my entire work day reaching out to folks in what feels like a very trite way of prospecting for business. And when there's really so much more going on, that holds so much more significance to me. And don't get me wrong, I'm, you know, happy that I have my job, etc. You know, there's several colleagues of mine that are no longer employed and other people which really played a part into my breakdown, but that's another story for another time. 
the problem is that we spend so much time almost suppressing our feelings and emotions like we have to because if we speak up about you know these sorts of topics that are controversial or some people call it political while we call it life that's when we get these sort of labels or kind of the eye rolls and the dismissive you know statements or these dismissive tactics to say that we're overreacting when in reality we shouldn't have to suppress our feelings or you know have to tiptoe around these sorts of issues it was you know it's crazy because earlier in the day um at the beginning of my work day one of my colleagues who covers a covers a market out in minnesota uh they had orders canceled for targets there because of the looting and I couldn't help but think in that group chat, man, I really hope nobody says anything about this because it's very personal to me. And being the only person of color on our team and very few of us in the organization, I frankly, I, w- I was nervous to see somebody say something that was going to be offensive, to be honest. Um, not that, you know, I would lash out or anything like that but it these are sensitive topics and I think that we have to have these conversations in a way where we can understand and not attack sometimes it's not just hard to do but it's definitely waters where you tread carefully in the workplace you have to be able to listen to the experiences that people have and absorb it if you're going to try and understand And I appreciate, you know, the allies that we have with the black community recognizing on their own accord the experiences and the disparities and injustices that um, people of color or minorities can go through not being one themselves. It brings tears to my eyes to see all of the support and I want all of you to know that you matter to me too. The messages on Instagram or Facebook, the text messages, it's not as abundant as, you know, you might hope it is, but whatever sort of outreach that it is as an ally, it's incredible. If you follow me on Instagram um, or for friends on Facebook, you'd see a video that I did recently in honor of Ahmaud Arbery and um, the tragic loss of his life end of February on February 23rd and encountered um, however he encountered it I'm not going to get into these specifics but essentially it was a senseless murder of yet another black life a young black life and so I did a video in support of his life and um, his birthday and to try and help spread the message of this has to stop happening and if you have seen it unfold based upon the history of um, the individual who murdered Ahmad, it was clear that is what he really aimed to do at some point a strong history of overt racism people that know him or that knew him weren't shocked that 
this hap- that this happened, which is sad to say, but that's the kind of person that he was. He was almost looking for that opportunity, and finally, this was it. I know Ahmad was walking around that that home, that new build construction home, maybe looking at things or whatever he was doing, but he was unarmed. Even if he had the intent to take something, does that equate to the loss of his life? And that's what we need you to remember. That's what we need everyone to remember, which doesn't seem to resonate with anyone. The value of human life should be more than things. How disgusting is that? You know, like how much hatred do you have in your heart to actually do something like that? And I know I mentioned just a little bit ago about not utilizing someone's, you know, past history and things like that to determine or try and justify, you know, what happens to them um, at the, whether it's the hands of police or the hands of other people, you know, things like that, because again, it's detracting from the issue at hand but in this case the murderer this is almost what he wanted to do this is almost what he sought out to do for a long time so that has a play in what transpired on that day on february 23rd and it's still horrible it's absolutely horrible and i can't help but to think about my family myself my son while he's mixed I don't know what he's going to look like when he's older. And, you know, I don't want anybody to judge him for that or to have some sort of hate towards him because of me or whatever the case may be. Like, it it should not matter, but it does. And there are so many people that have this negative association about black people, which is so systematically done. You have to understand why it's still happening. So I was recently having a conversation with someone and trying to just shed some light and explain, hey, you know, I think this is why we are where we are. I know this is why we are where we are based upon the hundreds of years of the enslavement period that has affected generations upon generations of black people. So during the enslavement period, you have women who are working through treacherous conditions and let's say they get pregnant, right? And you know now, nowadays even, they say, don't be stressed out, try and relax, try not to be stressed out when you're pregnant because it affects you and that affects your baby. The way that stress chemicals pass through your placenta can in fact affect the development and the way that your child grows and handles stress when they are on the outside world, outside of your womb. Of course, this individual that I was speaking with was not listening and immediately cut me off and said that evidently I think that racism is hereditary. That's not what I was saying. I at that point was frustrated and ended that conversation but my point was over generations and generations of people who are enslaved having babies who then go into slavery as well that takes a massive toll on your chemical makeup 
I'm not trying to make excuses for where we are now or try and say, oh, I haven't advanced in my career because of, I'm not saying that I have a successful career. It's, I'm just saying there, there are many factors that play into where some people can be held back. And just because slavery was abolished in the 1800s, that doesn't mean that the effects of it still aren't present. So you have families who, let's say, are enslaved families who are raising children and not knowing if they're going to be taken away from their children, whether they are sold themselves or their children are sold or they die or whatever the case may be. So you have this conditioning of not raising your child to get attached to them in a sense, because you might just lose them, whether it's again being sold or being ripped away from you somehow. That's tragic and that's severely traumatic. So even towards the end of slavery, or after slavery was abolished, you still have the racism aspect of what society was like for black people, even being free, or those that continued to work for slave masters. So it's ingrained that you are lesser than almost, or that's the, what almost feels like the goal is to make sure that you know you are still lesser than. I don't care if you know slavery is abolished, you are still lesser than. So you have lynchings happening still outside of the enslavement period, which was not right then, it's not right after, and it's certainly not right now. But you have people with this mindset that they are better than black and brown people. And as you move through the decades um, and generations, have things gotten better? Sure, maybe, but systemically, you still have the ramifications of this time as it has built society surrounding the view of black and brown people, where you live, how you live, the jobs that you maybe can get if you can find a job. I'm not totally versed in every single aspect and I I can't give you everything. I'm just trying to give... uh, an overview of what that means. So again, where you live and how you grow up. Back in the day, you have black men and women raising their children, telling them to act right, loving them in a in a hard way of don't you go outside and do anything stupid because you very well may get killed. Cuz that's a reality. There are black men and women that are afraid for their kids to leave the house because you don't want them to be killed or you don't want them to be mistaken for doing something that they didn't do or get into typical shenanigans of teenagers and just because they're black, they get treated different. And I'm not saying that all black people or all of anybody are innocent in in every single matter, but we're talking about the people who don't incite violence, the people who aren't doing, who aren't actually doing anything to warrant the treatment that they receive. So when you have parents that are raising their kids in a way out of fear that when they leave the house, something might happen to them or that might be their last time, that's going to get passed down in a generation of Uh, the child growing up and understanding that too, that you need to make sure your children then aren't subject to the ridicule of society. 
when you talk about segregation too, you have to realize that many of our parents grew up in those eras of segregation. Our parents, of course, our grandparents as well, but like my mom and my dad, they were born in the early 50s. They were born and raised during a time towards the end of segregation, but it was still around. They have experiences that shape them to who they are and taking those experiences and how they raise their children. So I don't, I'm not saying that our mom and dad raised us in a way to fear white people or hate white people or something like that. They would never, but it still affects the way that you parent and the way that you see things. And I'm appreciative of that because it, it's, these are the kinds of things that can help open your eyes to say, this isn't over. These are still in people currently living lifetime that aren't even 70 and it's a real thing. So don't tell me that slavery is over. Don't tell me that the Jim Crow era is over. Don't tell me that segregation is over. There are still ramifications of those times that are still going today because they are ingrained into society and the way that many systems are set up with corporate America, with just society in general. As a black mom myself, I can't say that, you know, I'm raising my son in that way right now uh, because, uh, I mean, he's almost three. He'll be three in August. So I've got some time to maybe have those conversations. But these are still real conversations that need to be held with my son. And I need him to understand that. I can't say exactly how I'm going to go about that conversation because, again, I have some time. But in the interim, Myself and my ex-husband, we are raising Gray to be a capable, able, respectable young man and hopes that he continues to grow into that person that we can mold him to be. And when we need to have those conversations with him about um, what he does, how he acts, things like that, just to be aware, not to scare him, but to be aware of the realities of the world. And it's not to say that all white people are bad or something like that. Obviously, that's not the case. I strongly take people for who they show me that they are in their actions, in their words, all of that. So I'm not saying all white people, not all black people are saying all white people. That's not the case. The fight isn't white against black. The fight is everyone against racism. And I think it's important that people recognize and understand when we say Black Lives Matter, we're not disregarding other races. There's this quote from Lamarck Snowball, who is part of the Boise Black Lives Matter chapter, who says, quote, not we matter more or we matter only, we matter also, end quote. And I feel like that just summarizes the movement and what its intention is. So when someone comes and says all lives matter, obviously all lives matter, but we're focusing on black lives at this point because that's the issue at hand. It's not to disregard other races. We're just saying we have some importance too. We matter also. 
I don't have the exact quote, but this is from something on Twitter that I thought was a good way to put it. So when one person's house is on fire, the fire department goes to that house to put out the fire there. All houses are important and you don't want them to burn down, but that one house that's on fire needs some attention is the and is the current focus. So that's what we mean when we say Black Lives Matter. About all of this, their tragedies, and it's traumatic. And it really just hit me this week at work, just, you know, putting on that brave face and or not even a brave face necessarily at work. You know, you don't talk about these kinds of things often because you don't want to get labeled as whatever, a race bait or something. Like, you don't want to get labeled as those negative things. But it just really hit me as I see, you know, things unfold from um, the protest and um, what's, you know, the prosecution of the officers and, you know, how they are being uh charged and things like that and in the outrage i mean the black community and its allies are pissed off as we should be it is it has incited this anger inside of all of us and yes some people are taking it to the point of destruction but as van jones put it quote if you speak up and you're not heard you might yell if you yell and you're not heard you might scream If you scream and you're not heard, you might throw something. This is the reaction to inaction for too long, end quote. That's exactly what's happening with the looting. Again, I'm not saying that it's great, but I now understand it. And especially when you have all these emotions that it's like you can't get out or you're not allowed to express because of some of the ridicule that you receive or having someone who then just turns around and goes, all lives matter. Okay, it's not about you. We want a safe space to be able to express our feelings and have good conversations with people who are looking to understand and who are willing to to do so. And I think that's all we ask. You know, I've got um, several friends, which I am it's so, so grateful that support all of us and our allies in the movement and understanding the injustices that happen you know we're they're the those are the type of people that I want around me because I know that they see me that they can hear me and they can feel for me there's this quote I know I keep quoting things but I I feel like the quotes are saying it better than I am and I just want to be able to share these in a way that might resonate with you outside of you know just the things that I'm talking about so this is from Carlos A. Rodriguez quote I see no color is not the goal I see your color and I honor you I value your input I will be educated about your lived experiences I will work against the racism that harms you you're beautiful to me tell me how to do better. That's the goal, end quote. And I feel like that's exactly what we need from 
from people who want to be allies is just hearing us and seeing us and doing all of those things, letting us know that we are important to you too. And I'll kind of end on this note, um, what I totally appreciate on co-parenting and with my ex-husband is that we, we've got it down. Like I, I love how we co-parent. I love how we are on the same page with most things, but, and I love the friendship that we have sort of evolved to, you know, most of what we talk about is about our son, but when I was having a rough day with work and everything that's going on and just had this emotional breakdown, he understood. So while it's not my weekend with Gray, he understood and recognized I'm going through a hard time, but also he recognizes what goes on in the world. And so, you know, even just extending that branch of, hey, you know, you want to come over and have some family time, I get it. You know, there's a lot going on. You can stay for however long you need to, whatever the case may be. And that's exactly what I needed was that kind of support. I needed to be able to see our son, especially in this time where, again, as a as a black woman, as a black mom, I worry about what the future will hold for for our son, whatever, just whatever the world will be like in, you know, 10 12 years when he's starting to grow into that young black boy and not just a child. When the cuteness of being a child wears off and society starts to see him as maybe a man or, you know, at whatever point that that transitions to potentially being a quote unquote threat um, when he won't be. Shaniqua Golding put it, exactly how I felt uh, towards the end of my workday. So, quote, there are black men and women in Zoom meetings maintaining professionalism, biting their tongues, holding back tears and swallowing rage while we endure attacks from a pandemic and police. Understand this and be mindful, end quote. And that's exactly what we need from those who support us and those who want to be allies. And I feel like that's exactly the kind of support that I got from my ex-husband and I wholeheartedly appreciate that. So we've reached the part of the show where we uh, do our weekly faith in humanity restored. Uh, Weekly faith in humanity restored is where you give back where you can by supporting businesses that incorporate giving from sales to charities or donating directly to the source. A dollar or share it all counts. So um, this week we're going to be highlighting an organization that is doing just that. So for those of you who are looking to be allies and have asked about how you can be a better ally or how you can help support us. This is one of the ways that you can by inaction. So the color of change, um, this organization helps you do something real about injustice. And what they say is we design campaigns powerful enough to end practices that unfairly hold black people back and champion solutions that move us all forward until justice is real. Their website is colorofchange.org. Again, you can donate or you can join by supporting what they do and all that they do. 
I have donated myself. Um, you don't have to if you aren't able to, but if you can at least help support in any way that you can, that would be greatly appreciated. Again, I will always put in the organization and their website in the show notes. So colorofchange.org, check it out in the show notes and be sure to either join the cause or donate, whichever you can do. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me um, and taking the time out of your day to listen and to be a part of the discussion with Real Relatable. You can follow me on Instagram. It's um, at Donna Janine or the podcast at Real Relatable Podcast. And if you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe, rate and review the podcast and Again, let me know your thoughts. I want to know. So until next time, be sure to keep it real and stay relatable. Bye, guys.